Well, hello, White Sox fans. How you guys doing tonight? Uh, well, happy Eloy Day. Uh, we finally got our Eloy back after his uh, self-induced uh, idiotic injury, and uh, he's finally back, so that's nice to see. Uh, haven't seen much out of him yet. Um, I guess not really uh, much of a surprise as uh, we were getting baffled for a few innings there. Uh, anyway, welcome to another episode of White Sox Daily Live. My name is Ian Eskridge. I'm here with my co-host, Danny Miller. How you doing, Danny? Uh, he's back. Uh, well, that's all I got to say. He's back. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked about it. Can't be, uh, can't be upset, that's for sure. Um, it's nice to get another bat back to the lineup, even if he insists that he's not a DH. Um, I'll still take the bat. <laughs> So uh yeah, he can uh, he can say all he wants about who he is, but uh you know, history says otherwise and we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, we've uh we've seen what he is. Just saying. You know, we've seen him in the outfield. Um it's not uh not pretty. But uh whatever, what are you going to do? So uh uh Dallas Keuchel once again, looking like uh, 2018 Dallas Keuchel last year with the Astros, where he couldn't manage to keep any of his pitches below belt level, and uh, he's been getting hit uh, fairly, you know, fairly well. Um, yeah, he's leaving a few out over, you know, close to middle middle, and they're uh, they're getting sent a long way. Yeah, I mean, it seems like uh, you know when he's not going well. That's what that's what pretty much what you can expect is a, a pitch that's, you know, either middle middle and no matter what, it's gonna be about mid thigh high. And that's not where he should be living, you know. I mean he needs to keep Yeah, that no, ball low. it's uh you know, he obviously doesn't have his best stuff tonight and a lineup like the Royals should not be beating up a pitcher of Dallas Keiko, but you know, when you don't have your stuff, you don't have your stuff and it's uh it's unfortunate especially after, you know, what we've seen the last uh, few days against the uh, the Brew Crew and the uh, the offense not really being what the offense has been. You hope that your pitching can uh, hold it down, and unfortunately he's just not on top of his game here today. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of been uh, the tale of his season so far for the most part. You know, he's had a couple of uh, really good games, but – there's always going to be, you know, about uh, about 10, 10 to a dozen pitches usually that he leaves up that get hit really hard. And it just so happens that uh, Soler and Benintendi have hit theirs out and Merrifield hit a triple with his. And, uh, yeah, no, it's just, uh, you know, it's unfortunate, but what are you going to do, you know? I mean, it's uh, – I you can't expect them to be – perfect every time they go out there um but i mean we've kind of been beating this drum for a few weeks now they just are not hitting the ball all that well either so it doesn't help when your offense isn't scoring any runs you know you can't average two and a half runs a game and expect to win anything so right right well you know hopefully now that uh Oof, we've ugly. we've gotten zimmer out of the game or zimmer i'm sorry we've game, got yeah. my minor minor out of the game and zimmer in the game uh you know we saw tim anderson touch up zimmer for a double that uh this moved some guys terrible. over 
yeah, that ball that was call way that just out of the against zone. Zach Collins. That thing was six inches outside. Like, yeah. what? What is yeah. this guy looking at? Unreal. Yeah, I don't. I don't know either. Uh, I don't think Dallas got that call all game. And no. uh, yeah, unfortunate. And you know, the funny thing is, is when it happens to the catcher, the guy who's sitting in front of the umpire the entire game, and he's got to be looking at this clown like, "You're not giving me that call." You yeah, know what I, know. I mean? And congrats, you know, kudos to Zach for uh, keeping his cool on that kind of thing. Just kind of shaking it off. But, uh, yeah, that was awful. Awful. Yeah. No, it's uh, – <laughs> yeah, it's uh, – I'm I sorry. And it, and I say I say, I say, say Zach Collins standing – he's sitting in front of the – in front of the, uh, the umpire. Um, but yeah, no. Sabi, Sabi Zavala is actually – Yeah, he's catch catching today. tonight. Yeah, but, I mean, even still, like, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, this is – and. This has been like a thing. I mean, it's, I don't know how much you've been paying attention to that uh, umpire scorecards uh, Twitter handle. Uh, a little bit here and there, yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely. It's it's more or less every single game. If you look at the percentages of how accurate the umpire is inside and outside of the zone, whenever the White Sox are playing, it's always like 95, 94, 93, 92. You look at all the other games everywhere else, and it's like 98, 99. It's, it's yeah, insane. I, think just, like, I just don't get it. it, it I don't know. It seems like uh, – I, I don't know. Do there, is there some sort of vendetta? I don't know. I, it just, yeah. I don't get it. It, 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 it seems I, that way. Yeah, it's, uh, it's starting to get on my nerves because, you know, it, it's – and it's the thing is, is that it doesn't matter whether it's Zavala catching, whether it's Grandal catching, whether it's Collins catching. I mean, granted, Collins, you know, statistically has uh, had worse numbers than the other two guys. But I mean, I mean, like, really, this I mean, it's just ridiculous. Like, I don't understand how every time I can look at the White Sox ump scorecard and always see that there's an advantage to our opponent every single game. I mean, it's, I, I was, one of the things that I was contemplating on doing was going back at the end of the season and going through all the ump scorecards and seeing at how much of a disadvantage the White Sox are with how many, you know, like with the, uh, the, the runs given to the other team. I'm, pretty positive that at the end of the year I'm going to go back and look and it's going to be like 20 runs in the wrong direction. And that's, you know, over the course of 162, it doesn't sound like a lot. But, you know, when there are, you know, a handful of games that are only won or lost by a single run, that can add up really fast. And, you know, we were talking about a White Sox team who, you know, just recently was nine games up in the division. And fortunately... Uh, Cleveland has lost a few games during the White Sox uh, little stumble here, but uh, you know those those twenty runs they can add up. They can add up. Uh, the Sox have the luxury of being one of the only teams in baseball with that comfortable of a lead, but you know it, when you're fighting against the injuries, it's one thing. Now you've got a battle against the umpires. That's a whole another story. Yeah, I don't get it. I, you know, like I said, I, I just Sorry. don't understand. It doesn't make any sense to me how every time, like it seems like every morning when those things come out, I go and look, 
And all the other games are like 97, 98, you know, on both sides of the zone. It's like the the umpire has his stuff together, but when he comes to umpire for the, you know, against the White Sox, um, it seems like it's always like some sort of thing where the White Sox are fighting an uphill battle on those close pitches. And sometimes they're not even close. I mean, you just saw that pick, pitch to Zach Collins and then that uh, – who was it that uh, got rung up earlier on that really uh, awful call? I'm trying to remember. There was another one where somebody got uh, rung up on an absolutely terrible pitch. Um, uh, you know what? I've been bouncing around a little bit, so I yeah. may have missed that one. And I'll be speaking of bouncing around, I may seem a little fidgety here because I have a dog who uh, <laughs> is craving all of my attention right now and is licking me as if I, I don't know. <laughs> Just underneath my computer desk, just licking my calf here. Penny, go lay down. <laughs> Sorry about that. You know, we always we got to have an appearance by one of my dogs here on on the White Sox Daily. Yeah, it's been stream. a while right actually now. since we've had one. Yeah, we haven't had a bark in a minute, but you know, I haven't had any neighbors coming over at you know nine o'clock, nine thirty at night, looking for a a beer or a cigarette or something. You know. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, we get uh, our our next door neighbor's uh, dog. He's a uh, a labradoodle, and uh, I've heard him barking outside at like two thirty in the morning for like a few minutes. Like I'm sitting there thinking, why is your dog outside at two thirty in the morning? But uh, you know, it, this is like the same dog that'll bark for like forty five minutes straight outside, and they don't let him in. So, you know. Good times. Well, maybe the dog barks inside, too, and they just need a break. <laughs> uh, that's possible. Yeah, but, so uh, yeah, so we just uh, ended the series with the Brewers yesterday. Um, take one game out of that series. First couple games were pretty painful. The uh, the pitching, the, the starting pitching wasn't too bad. The no, bullpen, bullpen, on the other hand. Steps. Yeah. Yeah. Even yesterday, you know, like uh, where we ended up winning three to one, you know, Kopech still had a walk to lead off that uh, that eighth inning, and that was kind of, you know, they brought him out to to be in the eighth after going through the seventh, and his command didn't look on point, you know, like it normally does uh, in the seventh, and then they brought him out for the eighth, and he hit for himself, which was pretty bizarre to see. Um. But, uh, yeah, then he comes out and leadoff guy in the eighth walks him. And, you know, Hendricks comes in and he's got a guy on first base. And we know how it goes when he doesn't have a clean inning. But he ended up uh, getting through it and everything was, you know, on the up and up. And it was nice. But even still. To see Liam get the two-inning save every now and again. We talked about this earlier in the season where, uh, you know, you've got uh, possibly the best shutdown closer in baseball this season. Or one of, at least the top three. And uh, when your bullpen is having struggles, you know, I like when Tony actually does something that I approve of. Uh, it was a smart move. And, uh, you know, there is not a whole lot of those smart moves to uh, discuss sometimes. So, you know, I'll take that. But I agree with you. Even when Kopech hasn't got his, his best stuff, uh, the bullpen, you know, during that series kind of had a few missteps. And, uh you know, on top of that, the offense the first couple of games wasn't exactly uh, there either. I mean, we scored, what, one uh, total of two runs over the first two games. 
And, you know, when you're talking about one of the best offenses of baseball, to go out and do that against one of the uh, worst offenses in baseball, it's it's a bit disappointing. Uh, you should have been spanking that team. And, they, you know, it looked like they just played down to their opponent this time around. Yeah, the uh, – I mean, you know, we've been talking – like you know, like I said, we've been talking about this for a while is that the offense just hasn't been showing up. You know, they show up in spurts and they'll score 12, 15 runs in one game, but then you could go another four games where you score six runs, you know. So it would be nice to uh, start to see some consistency, hopefully with Jimenez back and, uh, you know, having competent bats throughout the entire lineup. Not, you know, not to say that, you know, Unfortunately, uh, we gained an Eloy and uh, lost a Jake uh, back down to AAA. But, uh, you yeah, know. not, you know, I know there was a lot of fans out there that didn't feel like that was the best move in the world. We saw a lot of good things from Jake Berger. But again, this is a guy who hasn't played any baseball in two years, uh, went through a tough road recovery and a, multiple injuries. And, uh, you know, if he's not going to get consistent playing time here at the major league level, the best place for him is somewhere where he's going to play every day. So uh, yep. I don't disagree with that move. I think it was it was probably a good idea to send Jake down and uh, let him do his thing with the Knights. And, you know, hopefully we can uh, we'll see a lot more of him either later on this season or, you know, maybe he'll uh, maybe he'll, he'll find himself a role on the uh, 2022 White Sox. Yeah, I mean. I'm hoping that uh, he at least, you know, obviously he's going to see playing time in Charlotte, but, uh, you know, assuming that he stays with the White Sox, yeah, you would like to see him get some uh, some meaningful. Oh, that was my next here. point. Yeah. That was I my mean, next point. Uh, he don't, he don't showcased know. himself really well. Uh, he, you know, he could be a target for some uh, some deadline acquisitions, maybe possibly if he's not a deadline uh, trade piece that could happen in the offseason as well. But he put a, he put on a good showing, and uh, you know we'll just see what uh, Mister Han and company decide to do with him. Yeah, well, I mean, that brings me to uh, another topic of conversation: is that we saw uh, thank thank the heavens that we don't have to talk about this Adam Frazier thing anymore. Uh, that thing is finally put to put to bed, and uh, ends up with a uh, somebody who we often talk about on this this uh, stream slash podcast, AJ Preller, like this guy literally trades for every single player that's, that's available and he gets all of them. It's yeah. Uh, it's pretty, I mean, he gets, strange. he gets all of them and uh, I don't know, San Diego's still in third place in their division. If I'm yeah, not, well, I mean, you know, the tough division in their third wild card or uh, second wild card at this, at this point. So, you know, I mean, yeah, they're still going to finish in third place probably or, you know, I mean, they could – who knows what's going to happen. I mean, uh, the Dodgers, you know, as we spoke last time, the Dodgers are a pitcher, a starting pitcher light now. Um, actually, a couple because they lost uh, Dustin May to uh, Tommy John yep. and uh, now Bowers on the uh, jail list <laughs> or soon to be jail list more than likely. Um yeah, I yeah. mean, again, it's... we uh, we touched on that issue a little bit last week, and we won't get into it because that's a it's a touchy subject, and uh, we won't get into it until somebody says something in chat, and then and then we'll probably end up at least riffing on it a little bit. But even still, um, 
Yeah, I One mean, of those uh, things. It's, that's for the courts. Uh, the court of public opinion doesn't carry any weight. So, yeah, you know, we can we can say all we want, but uh, you know, until the facts literally come out in a you know a real fashion, as opposed to some of the hearsay we're getting right now, I'd prefer not to get too deep into that. Yep. So, uh, I see. Uh, thanks for the uh, sub there, Danny Miller, WSP. Hey. First, you know, first sub on the channel, Danny Miller, and uh, <laughs> I was I was too slow when I got the second. So, well, now, you know, I figure if uh, we can't support ourselves and get that ball rolling, uh, yeah, who can we support? Yeah, I already had somebody ask me about uh, about subscribing, and <laughs> she's like, "Hey, I don't see this the subscribe button." I was like, "Yeah, no, I haven't done the paperwork yet." And so I finally did the paperwork yesterday, and so uh, now we are officially uh, Twitch affiliates, and uh, finally going to be able to get some emotes for that whole thing, and uh, that'll be fun. Um, you know, all f- our listeners, make sure you smash, 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 smash that yeah. sub button. We're going to have to figure out what we want to do with these emotes, um, as far as uh, what what we want to, you know, what kind of picture we want there. I've been thinking about uh, it. As long as it's not a Danny Miller and a Jake Lamb jersey, I'm good. Oh yeah, yeah. We could. <laughs> we might be able to work that out. Well, I mean, it would have to be a Charlotte no, 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 no. Knights jersey at this point, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, now, but you know, uh, not feeling that one, man. Not feeling it. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I could imagine. Um, we could get that uh, that that sweet uh, wedding picture that you put up the other uh, last week. Oh that, yeah, that as Kendall a, calls it, my uh, <laughs> Kendall calls it my professional bartending picture. <laughs> <laughs> Call it, uh, you know, professional bartender Tinder profile, you know, whatever. It, ah, yeah, my <laughs> wife would love to hear that yeah, one. No, for, yeah, <laughs> we won't uh, get that started. It gets got some unsavory comments on the uh, Facebook profile there. Yeah, I oh, I can imagine. Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, so uh, I. I don't know about a package, you know, there was a a package talk involved. I don't, (laughs) apparently I missed that when I posted it. Yeah. I don't know if you, uh, if you listen to the band Opeth, I will assume not, uh, just because not a lot of people do. Um, I I don't think I've even heard of them. Some people do. I mean, you know, I saw them at the, uh, at the Riviera and it was sold out and I mean, they, they, they sell some, some records, but, uh, this, this picture looks exactly like the lead singer for Opeth. Okay. It's kind of uh kind of uncanny. All right. Who is this? Scott Barlow? Is that what this is that who this is? Uh I believe it is actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, so, a, a luscious full head of hair. Yeah, no, he's definitely got some uh <clears throat> he's definitely got some locks going on. Here. Yeah, I can't, I can't I can't rock those kind of locks anymore. You know, back in the day, I was a little bit of a headbanger and uh, had some nice locks myself. But uh, you know, the old widow's peak that I've tried to hide with this this I don't know this fluffy poof thing you want to <laughs> call uh, doesn't work with the uh, the long hair anymore. Yeah, well, fair enough. I, I uh, here, let me. I got it. Let me go ahead and. Uh... Bring this, uh, bring this guy up. Oh boy, what am I looking at here? Uh, oh, I don't want to see that nonsense. There we go. All right. Oh, you know what I should do? I should uh, 
be a, pro a professional and go into uh, studio mode here and make sure that I'm not putting up uh, something stupid. You know, make sure that I'm actually doing this properly. All right, there we go. Oh. Yeah, so anyway, uh, I found out today that the White Sox have signed all 20 of their draft picks. So that is wonderful to see. Uh, they went uh, a little bit over on the, uh, on the budget. So that's nice to see also that they are not being, uh, you know, ridiculous about the whole thing and trying to uh, lowball somebody. So that's nice. Yeah, very nice. Very nice. Saw our number two, uh, Mr. Kath went a little bit over, uh, yep. over slot. Bit. Yep. All so, right. So always good here we see. go. Here's uh, Scott Barlow. That's the same guy. I mean, you know, pretty close anyway. Yeah, it's pretty close. So, uh, yeah, but anyway, um, yeah, it was nice to see that they signed everybody. Everything's good. Uh, James Fox broke it broke it down on Twitter. I don't know if you saw that or not, but uh, you know, it showed what everybody's uh, what everybody signed at and everything. So if you're uh, you know interested in that kind of thing and want to know exactly what you know who got what, um, that shows it. But uh, go through the first couple. We got Colson Montgomery got his full slot at three three point. Uh, Zero three will round up three point zero three million, and then uh, Westcath two point eight, and then uh, third rounder out of Maryland, uh, right hand pitcher Sean Burke, uh, nine hundred thousand. Uh, Tanner McDougal, which actually uh, uh, I did see quite a few people were worried that Tanner McDougal was not going to sign because he's a high schooler and uh, drafted in the fifth round, but uh, he does end up signing for uh, eight hundred fifty thousand. And uh, Brooks Goswine uh, is uh, 200000 And, uh, yeah, I'll just go ahead and cut it there. But, uh, you know, we got some uh, – everybody actually did get signed, so we don't have to think about any of that, uh, you know, any of that nonsense about uh, wasted draft picks and getting penalized for somebody not signing. So that's nice. Yeah, um, absolutely. <clears throat> Uh, you know, and I, I think seeing all these uh, these high schoolers sign, uh, you know, even further down and, you know, second and third round is uh, a sign of the times for the White Sox. You know, being an up and coming team that uh, looks like could possibly be a contender for some time will help make those kind of moves happen. So, uh, you know, let's hope that uh, they can keep that going and keep the pipeline of uh, young talent moving through so that we don't go back into the doldrums of uh just being mediocre for as many years as we had in the past you know yeah no those uh those offensive lulls where we've got uh one guy on the team for you know five six years don't want to see that anymore and you know they've been laying the groundwork on this for you know five years now so you know, we've finally to a uh, a decent spot. I I will say that you know the uh, the farm system has uh you know like a it's got some it's got some peaks and valleys in it for sure, but um, you know there's some there's some decent talent down there and uh, it's been showing itself in uh, Birmingham and 
I mean, basically, it's been showing on all levels for the most part. There's the the results for uh, Kannapolis haven't uh, necessarily been all that great as far as like a win loss record, but there's some guys that are showing out down there and some guys that look pretty good. Um, it's nice to see Brian Ramos. He's been uh, kind of slumping. He's starting to break out of his slump a little bit. Hit a home run the other day, and uh, yeah. So I mean, we've got we've got uh, we got some nice talent coming. Uh, it's nice that the two top picks in this draft are left-handed, left side of the infield. So that's that's really nice to have. Uh, you know, we know that our farm is pretty stinking right-handed heavy, and so is you know so is the big league club. So it's nice to uh, right. start seeing some more left-handed bats, and especially left-handed power. That's that's nice to see. Is that uh, you know, I mean, they're both high school guys, so we'll see what kind of power actually develops. But I mean, both of those guys are projected to be fairly decent, you know, power. Yeah, side. it's it's so. it's been kind of frustrating to see the Sox not have that, especially in a park like uh, the uh, the rate, the G rate, because. Uh, Let's be honest, uh, right field's a little bit of a short porch, and the ball seems to carry out to right for the better part of the season and to not have that big lefty bat in the lineup is kind of a hole for the the home stadium that you play in. For years now. Many, many, many years. So, you know, luckily we've got power up and down the lineup right now. Uh, Just about anybody can hit the ball out of the stadium. Some guys more often than others, but uh, to to not have that big power lefty bat has been uh, it, it's just been a glaring hole for a long time. And hopefully these guys pan out and do the things that uh, we think they might be able to do. Yeah, I mean since uh, Tommy and Dunn, that's pretty much uh, that's pretty much your left handed your last real left handed power threats were those two, and that was if uh, Adam Dunn you know, was either going to, you know, true three outcome player, you know, is either home run strikeout or walk. Yeah. For, and you uh, bring up, years. you bring up Tommy. Tommy almost had a bit of a, I don't know. I don't want to call it a resurgence in his career, but he had a little bit of a, you know, maybe a down year or two before coming to the white Sox, And I think playing in that stadium, uh, kind of helped him back into where he was. And he had a couple really good seasons here on the South side. Yeah, he did. So, you know, just goes to show you uh, what this stadium needs and what this team needs in the stadium. Yeah. Crochet running into a little bit of an issue here. Got guys on first and second, giving up two singles, two strikeouts in the middle of, you know, in the middle of that. But uh, guys yeah, and these guys are getting on base on uh, on, on tough pitches. So I, I don't yeah. necessarily put that on Crochet, although I have seen him hit. A little bit higher in the 90s tonight. You know, we talked about this last week a little bit. Uh, you know, he wasn't throwing straight 96 as his, his fastest pitch. He's getting up to 98, 99, which, uh, you know, still four or five miles an hour off uh, what he's been known to do. But uh, I'm kind of hoping that maybe this is a sign that uh, they're going to unleash him a little bit more here in the coming months because uh, if they don't, you know, I just don't know what the back end of our bullpen is going to look like unless moves are made in the next four to five days. So, yeah, I just like to. You know, it's the the thing is 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 that really what's going on? Is is it something that they're holding him back, or is it uh, 
or is it something with the arm? And that's the thing is that he said it's you know it feels fine, but then you know you you see him throwing. 95 96 not getting the job done with that 95 or 96 so hoping we start I mean, to see a little bit of an uptick in that velocity i mean you're talking that's a that's a eight to ten mile an hour drop in what we've seen out of him before and eight to ten miles an hour in baseball is huge especially when you're talking about triple digits so yeah i really want to see uh like you said is it is it the White Sox holding them back. Is it him? Is it the elbow issue that we heard about uh, in the playoffs last year that we, uh, you know, everybody kind of cringed, you know, why is Crochet coming out of the game and why does he not look right? And his velocity was down then. And then we hear about this elbow issue and he's not going for surgery and people went, Oh, why is he not going for surgery? This is one of those things where you hear about pitchers. They don't go for surgery and they try to rehab it and, you know, four six months later we're uh, we're looking at tj yeah a la you know, uh aj a la, a la dane dunning a la Carlos i was gonna say Ragon. half the yeah you can talk about half the league trying to rehab these you know minor uh minor issues where what they're calling <laughs> minor, minor thing is- where their elbow doesn't work right and you know and then it requires surgery in the long run anyway uh, I don't believe that this whole we can rehab it thing is is really something that's it shouldn't be a thing. You know, when it happens, it happens. And the the percentage of guys that end up getting the Tommy John later on has got to be well over, you know, a 50 50 chance. In my opinion, these I mean, these guys just seem like, you know, the minute you hear, oh, he's got a little bit of an elbow issue. <laughs> Yeah, uh, there's no such thing as a little elbow issue when you're throwing 100 miles an hour. Yeah, no, I would uh, I would tend to agree with that. When you when you're you know firing the ball out there at uh, you know 102, 103 miles an hour, there's oh not yeah, there's not really a whole lot of a little. Okay, so we got uh, Crochet walking third is uh, what fifth batter. And yep. uh, now we got bases loaded with two outs. Is and a mound visit Katz from is our uh, Mr. Ethan Katz. So uh, is this to buy time for someone else to step into the game, or are we going to let Garrett face the next batter? I don't. Yeah, I don't think they're taking him out. I mean, I think if uh, if Tony came out, then we'd be talking about uh, pitching change. But I think uh, with Katz coming out, I don't think he's going anywhere. Now, is he – uh, you know, stalling for the bullpen quite possibly, you know, I mean, I'm sure that they thought that he could get through one inning and be fine. But, uh, you know, as we've seen with him this year is that there's, uh, very rarely been very, uh, any simple, simple innings, you know, there's been, uh, a fair, fair bit of this with the, uh, the lower velocities, not missing the bats like he did, uh, you know, at the tail end of last year. So, yeah. yeah, it's unfortunate. It really is. And again, I just hope this is a, a White Sox preserving a, a future starter or what they have been calling a future starter. Uh, but uh, I got to be honest with you, if uh, if he continues on this path where he can't throw 102, 103, 105 miles an hour for innings and innings upon innings at a time where you can't get five or six, seven innings out of him doing that, he's going to get touched up a lot as a starter. He may end yeah. up becoming a bullpen arm 
if yeah, he can't I mean, do that. If, and, I mean, he does not get that pitch right. He doesn't get that slider right there. That was way closer than the pitch that uh, Zach Collins got called a strike on. So, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'll, have granted, to, uh, I'll have to flag the, uh, the umpire grades uh, on this game, and we can uh, maybe revisit this uh, next stream. Yeah, I mean but, it's just kind uh, of yeah, one of those things. Like you just look at, just look at all of them. They're they're always they're for whatever reason. Whenever and it, and it's not necessarily only for the White Sox that this happens, but for whatever reason, the home plate umpire again when it's a White Sox game just always ends up being you know five percent, four percent worse than every other game that happens that day. You're it's right. Like it's clockwork. it's not just the White Sox, but. It seems to happen to the White Sox more often than anybody else. Uh, I, you know, yeah. we could we could sit here and you know you can call us conspiracy theorists or whatever you want to say, but I mean the numbers kind of speak for themselves. Yeah, you I know? mean this guy has done a a real good job at compiling the data to show, you know, the established zone that the umpire has established and the actual zone and showing that even when they've got their own established zone, they're still making big mistakes, even like with these weird strike zones that they make that have nothing to do with actual reality of where the strike zone's supposed to be. So, yeah, kind of aggravating. Yeah. Um, so, talking. Uh, speaking of promotions, uh, Eloy comes up, uh, Mike or Adolfo, also got uh, promoted from the Barons up to Charlotte. And uh, I don't know if you saw, did you see the home runs from yesterday? I have. Yeah. I have. He's been making his presence felt since he's been called up. Yeah, two monsters. Uh, One hit the building uh, in center field at uh, the the Durham Bulls Stadium in uh, Durham, North Carolina. And his... Second home run, which was the next at bat on the second pitch he saw that game, uh, he hit it over the bull and down the street just like Luis Robert did uh, two years ago. And so uh, it's yes. nice Is Miker finally healthy and finding the uh, the stroke that, you know, we had heard about for so many seasons and so many years of him, you know? Well, I mean, the He's power has always been there, you know. I mean, it's the the problem has never been that whether the power was there. Is a could he stay healthy, and b he does have swing and miss in his game. But the thing is, is that people complain about his hit tool and always mention the strikeouts with Mike Rodolfo. But my counterpoint to that whole thing, whenever anybody brings that up, is the guy has been on in in the White Sox org for eight years now, and the guy is, I'd say he's probably got about four and a half years of actual game time with the injuries that he's had. I mean, he's had, like, just ridiculous amounts of injuries, you know, whether it be uh, Tommy John surgery or a knee or an ankle or a hand. I mean, it's just been one thing after another with this guy just having, like, absolutely terrible you know, luck with injuries. And, uh, um, yeah. wasn't he, uh, wasn't he the victim of a hamate a couple of years ago or am I confusing him with, uh, someone I else? I think so. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, I think that's one of the things, I mean, he's had, uh, 
That guy's had like five or six like pretty significant injuries. Uh, yeah, quads, yeah. backs, hands, fingers, all kinds of stuff. Just yeah, just banged up all the time. Is that which Aloy uh, just pop up to the first baseman? Oh, I must—I missed it. I was actually yeah. paying attention to the stream and not the game. Yeah, you know. that. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to at least pay a little bit of attention. Is it's the uh, top of the ninth now? We're still still trailing four to two to these bums. Um, so yeah. But uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, so yeah, he tore his ACL. Hello, Kendall. How you doing tonight? Um, we good have, evening, stop. Yeah, we've got. Uh, Tommy John, ACL. Uh, I'm pretty sure Hamate was was a thing. Um, I think he did. Uh, I believe he did his ankle as well at one point. Um, I want to say there was a quad issue for a while with him. Yeah, it was either quad or hamstring. Or I mean, hammy, one of the uh, two. Like, there's li- like this guy has just never managed to stay healthy, and now he's finally, you know, he finally got healthy for. 2020 you know he he was good for like the last half of 2019 and then 2020 happens and no season down. you know so i mean <laughs> like the guy has literally not been able to see uh he's not been able to see pitching for any amount of time that would allow him to get into a groove and finally start to become comfortable with seeing plus breaking balls that you're going to see in double a you know, and I mean, he's been there for a few years now. And so he's finally to the point where he's starting to pick up on breaking balls and uh, sliders and, you know, like curveballs, sliders, blah, blah, you know, like just, oh, look at that, ground rule double yo-yo. Nice. Somebody wants to play baseball. So, uh, yeah, it's nice to see him finally – starting to uh, fulfill some of that promise that, you know, has been talked about for years and years and years. You know, you know, they signed this 16-year-old kid, and the kid can throw on a line from the right field fence to home plate. Guy's hitting 500-foot moonshots at 16 years old and hasn't been able to stay healthy, you know. and nah, he's like, just been he's, broken. Yeah, so now he's finally there. It's starting to look like there's something there. Uh, he did have some. Uh, he did uh, have a strikeout yesterday, and there were some really ugly swings on that. It was a, th- I think it was a three pitch at bat, and uh, all of them. Uh, I think there was an outside fastball and then two outside sliders, and like just the the swings were just ugly. But uh, he did go three for five. He had. Uh, on his first three pitches that he saw, he hit two home runs and a single. So, and and all three of them were really solid. So, that was uh, nice to see. And also, uh, our uh, friend of the program, uh, Big Yerm, uh, after uh, sort of retiring and then unretiring, <laughs> and uh, coming back in his first game since uh, since retirement, uh, his first time. His, his uh, what would we call that? The uh, there we go. The uh, the comeback trail uh, of uh, your mean he hits a home run in the uh, home run in his first game back and then in his second game he hits probably one of the biggest home runs uh, I think I've ever seen and uh, the yeah. building that Mike Adolfo hit 
Uh, his was on the downswing. And per the announcers in Durham, the home run that your mean hit in dead center was still going up when it hit the building, which is insane. I mean, he he launched that thing. So, uh, yeah, that was really awesome to see. Uh, it's nice to see him, you know, finding his swing just again. A, just a heads up to our listeners, if you guys uh, aren't following uh, at Daily White Sox on Twitter, uh, I think you should give us a follow because all of those highlights – uh, all of those clips can be found there and you can actually see these things uh, for yourself. Uh, just a, a quick plug, but uh, always good stuff coming from our uh, very own Mr. Ian Eskridge in uh, handling that Twitter account and getting us all those, uh, those video clips. Thank you for that. That's a, that uh, is a, a colossal amount of work. And uh, I'll just I'll just I'll just leave it at that. It's uh nah, but you're doing good work because you know what? You can't really find those clips anywhere else. Uh, if yeah. you're not like I said, if you're not following at Daily White Sox on Twitter, you ought to be because that's about the only place that you're gonna see clip on top of clip on top of clip across our entire minor league system. You're gonna see some of the good, some of the bad, most of the good anyway. Yeah, uh, every I now try and again, you'll uh, harp on that uh, on the bad stuff because you know every now and again these, these guys know, are all but, developing, you know. So I mean, you can't you can't get but, too too down on anybody, you know. I mean, it's like I, I I do mention, you know, if somebody has like a a prolonged slump and stuff like that, but uh, you know, try and uh, keep it positive. Well, you know, here's the thing, hey, you, you, I if you spend as much time as you know you and I being admins of. Uh, fan pages on Facebook and you see these comments about, well, you know, I heard this about this guy and I heard this, I read a scouting report on this guy and I, I read an article on this guy. It's really nice to be able to go and actually take a look and see those guys in action. And, uh, you know, you can kind of make some better judgments for yourself that way. You take what you read, take what you see, put the two together and, uh, you know, you might come up with a nice jam sandwich there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, uh, that was the that was like basically my whole, you know, reason to start doing that is because you can't find that if if you don't do what I do, you'll never see any of that stuff, you know, unless you're super super dedicated to actually seeing what's going on in the in the minor league system. And, and even then, you know, it's like even if you're, you know, searching for this stuff, most of the oh, time all you're doing is God. seeing numbers, you know. So the strike zone is ridiculous. Calling strikes, calling balls that are strikes, calling strikes that are balls. It's just, just, I mean, Oh, good God. Yeah. He's been, he's been bad all night. That does, that does not surprise me. Bring. That yeah. It, it's, Oh, it's awful. <clears throat> oh, Kendall brings up a good point with the, you know, talking about the, the Moncada hate. Uh, yeah. I was going to bring that up as well. Yeah, I you know, and there's that's he guys got he's he's got over an 800 OPS. Is that you know top two or three in, for third baseman in baseball right now? No. Is it bad? Do are we hating on this guy? People are calling him mediocre, or he's just not as good as advertised, or he doesn't have, you know, he he doesn't have the heart or the the drive or the hustle. Are you I, I think I saw some freaking kidding me. That's yep. how we end the game here, huh? Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty awful. Wow, I, but, I uh, would assume that that was a hit and run, and he got sawed off, 
and lines out to the second baseman. Game over. That is brutal. Yeah, pitch that far inside. You almost let it go and uh, yeah, let Angle steal the base. You know, kind of. Uh, well, it's going to be tough. It it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough for any catcher to uh, make that throw when it's that far. Wide. Uh, you know, uh, I think especially when you've got the speed of Adam Angle out there, you know, uh, <laughs> who looks to me like he had a great jump. He almost just let that one go and let him take the base. But, uh, yeah. Tough loss. Tough, tough loss. I mean, it's, you just... know, and we got to be honest, you know, Mike Miner carved up, carved up our lineup for, you know, four and a half innings before, uh, before our guys got to him in the fifth. So, yeah. Unfortunate. Or was it the sixth? I'm sorry. Uh, either way, pretty dominant, pretty dominant performance from him the first better half of the game there. Yeah, no. And I mean, you know, this team, you know, last year, what were we seventeen and zero against lefties, something like that, and then this year, uh, certainly not, nowhere close to that good. You know, I mean, I would say we've probably <laughs> lost like four or five against lefties this year, and we really, I mean, to be honest, we really haven't seen lefties a whole a whole lot this year, and uh, it seems like we're losing to them fairly regularly this season which is kind of weird considering everybody was uh, worried about uh, making sure that we could hit right-handers and uh, this year left hand, you know, like we haven't been all that great against lefties. I'd have to look at the splits, but uh, I don't know. To me, it, uh, although I I guess over the last month, who have we hit well? I mean, it's been far far between, you know, since the, uh, since the Houston series, they have been uh, straight ass. Oh, I mean, there's no other way to put it. it yeah. it's, it's been garbage. The, the offense has been uh, streaky at best. Uh, you know, I don't know what's going on with these guys, but, uh, you know, you can expect it's a long season. You expect to have some some ups and downs, but you don't expect everybody to have their ups at the same time. You don't have everybody to expect their down to have their downs at the same time. And it. it it's a bit frustrating to watch that that's the way it's kind of gone all season this year is when the team's up, they're up when they're down, they're down. And there's really nobody that seems to want to step up and pick up that spot when they are down until they have some breakout game where they score 13 runs. Yeah. But and then, you know, and then fall flat again this. for three exactly. days. Exactly. You know, they'll go out and they'll score 12, 15 runs, but then the next game they score two again. And it's like, okay, that's great that you scored 15 that one game, and, you know, I'm not calling anybody a stat patter by any means, but, I mean, those stats are going to make your, you know, like those those particular games where you're just beating the piss out of somebody, you know, that's going to make you look really good. On but paper. Then, yeah, but then the next game when you guys come out and score two runs, you know, what what are you left with, you know? so. And they're losing to some bad teams. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. They, they they rise. It, it's it's the the age old rise to their uh, to their better opponents, which I could you know you would think that they, I should say they're playing down to the to the worst opponents. They're not really rising to the better opponents either. No, you know we've not. talked about this in the past about how they are against uh, teams over five hundred this year, and the record has not been great. And uh, I saw a post, I believe by a guy, a name by. Uh, 
Let me try that again. Can I buy a vowel? A guy by the name of Steve Marshall, who is uh, a member of uh, a handful of the uh, Sox fan pages on Facebook, who pointed out that not only are they uh, bad against sub five or above five hundred teams, but they're uh, they've been pretty bad against uh, teams just under five hundred as well too. And uh, their away record against yeah, all of these not teams good. not so great. They play good at home. They don't play well on the road and they're not beating teams that they should be beating. And, you know, there's a lot of fans out there who say, well, you know, we got this commanding lead in the central. Everybody stop complaining. Uh, the reality is, is, uh, you know, as fun as this team is to watch and it's, it's, it is fun to watch them battle. They were down three, nothing before they scored a run and they battled back and they made it a close game. But again, we're talking about the Kansas city Royals shouldn't have to be battling back in the seventh, eighth, ninth inning against a team who uh, you should be smoking day in and day out when you compare the two lineups and you compare the pitching staffs. And it's a bit frustrating, and I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no reason that, uh, you know, these this, this team should be struggling against uh, Mike Miner. I mean, they were getting what they get no hit through four innings or something like that. And I mean, this this has become a this has become a real trend, you know, where you're looking about halfway through the game and they've got maybe one hit. You know, I mean, it's like how many times have we seen that? And uh, you know, I, I, you know, I guess uh, one thing that uh, we'll get to is this uh, this trade deadline that's coming up in a few days, but. You know, one of the things that you see everybody complaining about is that, oh, you guys need to pick up a bat. You need to pick up a bat. My point in that is that, okay, so we pick up a bat. Part of the problem is, though, is that, you know, you've got seven guys, you know, now that, you know, Aloy's back, you got, you know, five, six guys at least that should be driving in runs and hitting for power and you're not seeing any of that. I mean, they're scoring what, like two runs a game most of the time for the last month and a half at this point. I mean, it started in the beginning of June that they were like, uh, Abreu's, uh, WRC plus went down 140 points in June and it's July now. And it hasn't, I mean, it, he had a couple of good games, but for the most part, like we're still cruising along at that at that same, you know, you know, bad. I I would say probably at this point he's lucky if he's an average player for the month of July at this point. And uh, yeah, I haven't agreed. looked at. Uh, I'm gonna bring it up right now, just uh, out of my own curiosity. But you know, I'm fairly fairly certain that uh, we're looking at you know more bad numbers again you know for a, for another month and like we're you know it's like how many, yeah, how many Kendall says that the Sox this? are scoring 4.4 runs per game over the last 11 games since the all-star break but he also brings up to what I was going to bring up the you know there was a couple of big games well two games against yeah, Houston two games they scored a bunch of runs digits exactly and then another, well, two against Houston, where they scored a, a bunch of runs, and then another nine-run game against the Twins. I wasn't just—I'm pretty sure it was it was two games against the the, the Strohs, right? That uh, 
Isn't there like a 13 run game and a 10 run yeah, game? I think that was. Uh... Like that? Oh, I'm trying to think. Um, I, I believe there was three games that were big numbers in that at 11. least at least been two. And uh, well, okay. Either way, that's got to skew that 4.4 runs. I'm because we're only ta- we're talking about a small sample size, 11 games, and you put up two games where you're hitting nine and and ten runs, you know, across the plate. Uh, take those two games out of there and uh, tell me what the the other nine games are, and I would say they're probably pretty close to about two, maybe two and a half a game. Oh, I guess I was and, wrong. Uh, uh, so his uh, his WRC plus in July is 153. So apparently, I'm just not paying attention. I guess. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things, you know, like, I guess, uh, I mean, but then again, you know, like as, as we were talking here is, you know, like the, the big damage that he's done have been in those games, at least the, like the really big damage that I can remember have been in those games where you're scoring 15 runs a game. Yeah. You're just padding stats, <laughs> stat patterns, <laughs> stat patterns. They're not any, yeah. you know, not really any good. They just, you know had their stats in those 15 run games i mean but i'm just i'm just saying it just seems to me that you know like when he's hitting those home runs like the three run home run we were already up by five runs you know right so uh, i don't know it's just you know you would think uh eloy's first game first game of the season first game of the regular season you would think would be the kind of boost that this ball club needed, you know, the shot in the arm. You, know, you hear about that kind of thing across all sports, you know, a team looking for a shot in the arm and what bigger shot in the arm can you get than having Aloy come back and knowing that uh, Robert is just behind him. And this is the showing that you put up. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and throw this out there because I've watched all of the games that you're speaking of, uh, the rehabs. And uh, Aloy in AAA, you know, that he only played two games down in Winston-Salem. And the first, uh, it was a, I can't remember if it was the first or second game, but he hit a home run and it was, you know, had some uh, some good swings on the ball. But he also has, he also struck out a lot. So. I'm not just talking about Aloy's performance. I'm just talking about as a team. As no, a team, no, yeah, your yeah, your no. coveted, yeah, your 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 coveted uh bat back, you know your teammates. I would feel like you know there would be an energy that that's you know we're gonna we're ready to go out and win. We're gonna we're gonna go win some ball games and uh that just didn't seem like it was there. Just it 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 was it was a it looked like a bit of a lackluster performance until Miner kind of lost his way. Mike Miner is a he's a you know he's a he's a four or five on a lot of squads. This is not a this is not a stud pitcher. He's he's a he's you know he's like a five and a half ERA guy. You know what I mean? And he carved up one of the top offenses in baseball and made him look pretty silly. Frustrating, absolutely frustrating. You know, regardless of Eli, I just. It just felt like the energy should have been better, and it, it just it wasn't. Yeah, no, fair enough. And I, I'm just simply pointing out that I've watched these games, and both Robert and Aloy on their rehab assignments, they've put a lot, a lot of ugly at-bats out 
in the last two weeks. I mean, there's been some some really, really ugly swings, and uh, they are not picking up on breaking balls at all. Um, like Robert, uh, and it's like all these, all these, all these guys in the minors have the book on Robert and Aloy at this point, so they know exactly what to throw them and know what they struggle with. And unfortunately for, uh, at, at least for uh, Robert, the other day, um, I posted about it on uh, on Twitter, is that uh, the guy who he was uh, hitting against. And the thing is, is that he's only playing five innings a game for the first week or whatever that he's been there, and so he only sees he only sees like three at bats in a game max for uh, Robert. And uh, the guy who he hit against had really good command and was executing the uh, strategy against Luis Robert, which is the same strategy that everybody else used last year in September. Was Outside edge of the plate with change-ups. Outside edge of the plate and low with sliders. And if you're going to throw him a fastball, it's going to be up and in. And if you're going to throw a breaking ball that's inside or on any other part of the plate, it's going to be inside and it's going to dip to off the plate when it gets to him towards his back foot. And this guy did it to perfection and just made Robert look silly. I mean, there was one where he left a fastball out on the, uh, you know, like two inches outside, and Robert did manage to, you know, loft it into right center field. But, I mean, we're, you know, like I'm seeing the the unfortunate thing is, is that, you know, one of the things that everybody's saying is that, oh, well, the best, you know, acquisitions, nobody else is going to be picking up in a lawyer or Robert, uh, you know, at the trade deadline. So, you know, there's your upgrades right there. And I'm sitting here watching these guys hit. And, you know, I mean, Robert came out of the gate this year and was hitting really well. But last year in September, you saw you saw Robert. I mean, he was one of the worst players in baseball last year in September. Like, the guy, guy, guy couldn't hit anything. So, it was about a five-and-a-half, almost six-week stretch, honestly, where yeah. he just – he was awful. He yeah, was, was absolutely brutal. terrible. We saw a little bit of a, a resurgence right at the end of the season and leading into the playoffs and then the you know the three games in in against well, Oakland. I'd it, say that the the games in Oakland, yeah, that was the resurgence. I mean, realistically. Well, the monster like, bomb that he hit out there uh you know, people were saying he's back, but uh again, you know, three well, yeah, games. I mean, in the fact that he actually hit the ball solid, yeah. I mean, everybody was super stoked because it was the first time he'd hit the ball solid in a month and a half, you know? You know, and we talked about this. We've been talking about this since both of these guys get injured, and we've all, we've been saying the whole time, you know, who's to say that these guys are going to come back and perform at a level that is, you know, contingent on, on – or not contingent, but uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for here is, but they, who's to say they're going to perform at the level that we expect them to? that they we've been told they can perform at uh you know injuries especially uh severe injuries like the ones that uh, Eloy and Luis have sustained uh can be difficult to come back from you know and we hear about how quickly they are recovering and they're ahead of schedule uh ahead of schedule doesn't always necessarily mean good because you know who's to know if they're actually 100% even though they're being cleared and they're doing all these things and 
you know, rehab and, and, you know, resuming baseball activities and then going to, you know, the minor leagues to do their, their rehab stints. And there's, there's really no guarantee that you're going to come to the, you know, you're going to come back to the MLB organization and, and do the things that the club hired you to do, you know? So I get that it could take some time for them to come back and who knows, maybe they will find it, but you know, the things you talk about when it comes to swinging at pitches out of the zone, you know, it seems like the whole club has been fooled by that down and away slider, whether it's a left-handed batter or a right-handed batter, anything down and out of the zone with some movement. It just seems like these guys are going to chase that pitch all day long. And, you know, Frank Menachino has done some, some good things with this club, as opposed to some of our, you know, previous hitting coaches. But the one thing that they just can't seem to do is lay off those outside pitches, whether it's a slider outside of the zone or a changeup outside of the zone or that rising fastball up and in. They just they they get eaten alive. Uh, again, the uh, the curveball down and in on a right hand pitcher. That's, uh, you know, the back foot slider, the back foot curveball. They just can't seem to do anything with it. And when these guys make contact, they're making great contact. You know, but problem is, is the whole lineup up and down is swinging at some garbage. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, it's certainly not. Uh, yeah, they're certainly uh, not uh, immune to uh, a good breaking ball low and outside. I mean, it's it, how many times we watch watch that happen over the last few years, where it's just the same thing over and over and over again for you know a few weeks. Yeah, I mean, whatever, man. Uh, just uh, the offense has been. Not good. Minus, you, you know, a, a you few would of the think good games. You, know? <laughs> you would think, and and again, you know, I I brought this up earlier. There's a lot of uh, let's just say White Sox stands in general that are like, oh, we're in first place with a commanding lead in the AL uh, Central. You know, and, and you know, we're not supposed to have anything negative to say, but uh, I don't know about you. I have eyes. I have a pair of eyes. I watch these games as often as I possibly can. And, uh, you know, we're we're beating up on the bums. We're bum slaying, which we should do. But to be talked about as a contender as much as we are, we need to be be we need to be beating some of these better teams. And we need to be putting better performances up on a daily basis, a regular basis. This up and down thing is a little worrisome. It's a little worrisome. As you know, as we approach, uh, you know, the second latter half of the season. So, yeah, uh, frustration at times. Yeah, Kendall says uh, 2.77 runs per game in nine of the 11 games since the break. Yeah, uh, Danny, you're, uh, we got potato cam going on. Uh-oh. Did I miss that? Let me, uh, let me, let me try a little something here. I'll be back. There he is. Hey, there we go. All right. Yeah, so hmm. that uh I don't know. That's uh I mean, you saw it. I mean, the Brewers they got good 1 through 3. Their pitchers phenomenal. I mean, we still managed to uh still managed to eke one out even with how you know, terrible the offense has been to go up against Milwaukee and uh I mean, granted you had to have your pitcher drive in two of the runs since nobody else. I mean, you, you have Sebi Zavala. Say, 
and Lance sorry, Lynn are the two guys who are driving in runs. And, well, and Lance Lynn had say more Lance RBIs Lynn much... than any position player on the White Sox in that series. Embarrassment. Like, that's Lance... that's that's ridiculous. Lance Lynn pretty much single-handedly won that game for himself. A hundred percent he won that game by himself. He he went out and he pitched a gem, which a lot of people complained about him coming out when he did, but, you know, you can't fault the guy for doing what he did. He pitched a great game, and then he drove into two just... You can't ask for much more than that. You know, I saw something that uh, Jake Berger was saying that uh, about a week ago or so, that Lance Lynn had a really nice swing. Well, he showed it to uh, Milwaukee. So, yeah, because yeah. he knew he had to do it because he knew nobody else was going to hit the ball. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's insane that that we're having it's a this goddamn kind of shame. It's, I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, how it, like what is got like? How do these guys just disappear for four games in a row? And then show up for one game and hit 15 runs. I mean, like, the only thing that I can, you know, say is that, you know, like what Kendall's saying is that, they, you know, that they're just beating, you know, tomato cans. But, I mean, I don't know. At some point, you would think that just on the law of averages, they would beat the crap out of a good pitcher every, you know, like, or, or a good team. You know, I, I guess – I guess it did catch up, you know, like the law of averages did catch up and they finally beat the Astros and beat their faces in. So, yeah, there was that. Uh, yeah, you're right. There was a 13, like what, like 13 to 3 game or 13 to 1 or whatever Ugh. it was. And then they, I think they won the the next game like 7 to 1 or something like that or 7 to 2. So, yeah. I think it was two games in that uh, Houston series where they actually did score some runs. But, I mean... Yeah, again, it's just more of this. I mean, it's basically like June, you know, more or less. It's just that uh, it's kind of, you know, apparently Abreu's hitting at least something because he's got a 153 WRC, and then Yoan's finally come back. But unfortunately, it seems like a bunch of the other guys have kind of regressed in the other direction. A couple of the guys that, uh, you know, like Goodwin's not, uh, you know, doing the uh, – you know, the things that he was doing a couple weeks back, you know, where he was driving in people. So, yeah, well, again, you know, that's uh, one of those things that we've talked about too is how, how many times are we going to get away with the guy who uh, is supposed to step in is uh, playing above, you know, his, what he has normally done in his career. And not to say that Brian Goodwood hasn't been a baseball player, you know, oh, or yeah, a decent baseball player yeah, all, decent all baseball his whole player. career, but, uh, but, you know, the next guy up thing that we've been talking about, you know, we've had injuries to our starters and then we've had injuries to our backups and then injuries to the backups of backups. And, you know, there was always that guy. It seemed like, you know, was stepping up. But, again, you don't expect those things to last forever. And we're kind of seeing some of that as well, too, where, you know, some of these guys are just kind of reverted back to uh, career norms. So, you know, put it lightly. And, uh, you know, again, Aloy and Robert not necessarily tearing up the minor leagues. Let's just hope they find uh, they hope they find their way. Yeah. If they do it, 
you know, if they do it here at the MLB level, it takes them a week or two. As long as we can hold a little bit of lead over to Central, I'll feel a lot better about that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I mean, again, you know, like this this whole thing's overreaction anyway. You know, it's kind of knee jerk at least a little bit. You know, but uh, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't, you know, I try not to, and that's the thing, Kendall, is I try not to get, uh, like, too, I, I try and stay even keel on this stuff because I know that, uh, you know, 162 games is going to average out. But, I mean, we're going on a month and a half now of this nonsense. And, uh, you know, it's just like where the entire team disappears for three games at a time. It's like, what is going on here? You know, somebody do something <laughs> that's, that's going right. to you know, end up scoring us more than two, three runs in a game, you know? You can't have a, you, you can't have a, a Jose Obreu and Andrew Vaughn and Yohan Moncada and Tim Anderson. And you, you, the better part of your lineup just falls flat all at once. Again, you know, I can see, right. I, and it happens over and over again. I can see, you know, a couple of these guys at a time falling over, but then, you know, usually there's a couple of guys that are going to stand up and they're going to, they're going to say, okay, you know, I'm going to go out there and do my job when you're not, I got you. I'll pick up the slack. But when this team's down, they're all down and the energy level, you know, I'm, I'm going to bring it up again. The energy level just doesn't look right. And that, in my opinion, in my, it sounds like a clubhouse thing. Where's your manager? Where's your coaching staff? Somebody's got to be, you know, picking up that energy in the clubhouse before you step onto the field. There's got to be something that's got to get these guys up and motivated every night out. Yeah, so apparently uh, it is not just me. Uh, Kendall just uh, brought up that uh, Abreu's OPS has dropped below 800. And I think uh, if I... Remember correctly, something I saw where Abreu used two of his last 18. So it's not just me. He's been rough. So, uh, you know, and he, you know, he did have a couple of games where he uh, went crazy. And he, uh, you know, the stat, you know, he's yeah, there, there was a point after the All-Star WRC break. Plus, but, uh, you know. There was a point at the uh, just after the All-Star break where it looked like, okay, Jose's back. You yeah. know, he had a couple of really good games. Yep. And, you know, I remember saying, seeing uh, Stoney and Benetti talk about it in a couple of the broadcasts where uh, Jose is, you know, he's, he's found his stroke. And, you know, it's the hot summer months where we expect Jose to do big hot summer month things. And he did for a handful of games. Yeah, for a few days. And then uh, and then not so much. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Crochet did come pretty close. Kendall says uh, he came close to uh, blowing up again. And, yeah, he did. He Well, I mean, I would say he kind of did, actually. You know, he uh, he put two guys on, struck out, or he put a guy on, struck out two guys, and then loaded the bases. That's, uh, I would say that's, you know, you got the bases loaded and faced five batters and 20 pitches. It's not what you want out of a guy who is been pitching in a, a setup role or a late relief role for a better part of the season and uh, not throwing, you know, his best stuff, which is, you know, the triple digit heat. Not good. Yep. Not good. Not good at all. Um, so trade deadlines in uh, what? Six days. 
and five. uh five days five days yeah 30th it's there's 31 days in june but the trade deadline is 30, actually 30 days in june 30th. 31 in july i'm so, i'm sorry july <laughs> <laughs> you're right there are only 30 days in june no 31 days in july but the trade deadline actually falls for the first time in a long time on the 30th instead oh it of the does 31st. Okay. gotcha so yeah. i guess i need to pay more attention to that but, little, uh, little tidbit for you. Yeah, like so we said, uh, Frazier's gone. Um, so there goes that one. Um, so <sighs> looking at this bullpen over the last, uh, you know, what like uh, I guess basically the entire season we've had uh, we've had a couple of spurts here and there where Bummer was was good for a little while. And he had some times where he just seemed to get really unlucky. And uh, the BABIP was uh, outperforming yeah, it wasn't what it going in, Yeah, it just wasn't falling in his favor. Yeah. Um, so His stuff still looks good. Yeah, no. For, yeah, but, you know, last, uh, last game he came in, he gave up, uh, what, four in one inning. And I think Burr gave up two. I think they gave up six runs in uh, one inning. Does that sound right? I think that's I think yes, that's what it was. Yes, it does. Um, so, like even even your guys that are that have been at least pseudo reliable, not looking uh, so hot, and then uh, you know Kopex 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 Kopex. I'm not worried about him. I mean, I know he walked that guy yesterday to lead off the inning, but I I mean I don't necessarily care about that. I still think he probably he's probably been, been our most solid reliever all season long. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like it started out as crochet, but the thing was is that if you looked at, you know, crochet, yeah, his numbers looked good. And, uh, you know, there was, uh, I think it was like two weeks ago or whatever, he gave up his first home run of the year, and everybody's like, oh, he finally gave up a home run. And I was like, it's not for lack of trying, because he was certainly making some pitches that should have been hit, you know, I mean, yeah, he's it's not, been serving it up, man. Yeah, they were getting hit hard. It's just that they, the guys, just weren't getting the the angle, the proper angle on it. You know, I mean, yeah, he was. Uh, I, I I didn't look, but I would assume that his FIP was probably. Uh, I don't know. I would have imagined that it was quite a bit higher than his than his ERA was, but um, yeah, I, I a bullpen arm at the very minimum, and yeah. I'm, would, uh, I'm, I'm, what do you I'm sorry, please. No, no. I mean, who do you, uh, like, do you, I mean, we talked I, I about Richard like, Rodriguez before and, uh, I've heard I'm that, kind of uh, leaning, uh, no, go ahead. Sorry for, I'm, I'm just, stepping all over you. No, no, there's, like, just there's, there's some rumor out there that I saw today that, uh, I don't remember who it was. I don't remember if it was the Yankees or if it was the Red Sox, but somebody was like the, you know, it was a MLB trade rumors that somebody's interested in Richard Rodriguez. And I was, well, well, yeah, of course they are. He's on the pirates. Everybody. They suck and they want somebody that's pitching well. So he's a likely candidate. So yeah, of right. course they have interest in him, but uh, <laughs> you know, so, I mean, there's him and it's uh, obvious. yeah, exactly. And then I, you know, there's a couple of guys, uh, Andrew uh, Chafing, um, he's uh, somebody's interested in him. I just I just saw. I that think as he well, just got so. dealt actually. Oh, did he actually get traded? I think he got dealt tonight. If I'm remembering correctly, I saw a tweet notification come across my my uh, iPhone 6s here. 
Yeah, uh, I believe success. Yes, I agree. <laughs> six S. Yes, oh, my shattered S. screen. But yeah, I saw. I thought I saw something that I think said he was uh, uh, he A's. Was dealt. A's on verge yes. of acquiring Andrew Chafin from the Cubs, pending a physical. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, yeah, I think uh, the next best thing for me, you know, we've talked about Rodriguez, but uh, the guy I'm really looking at right now is uh, Daniel Baird. I think uh, Colorado, you know, he's a little bit older, but he's on a team-friendly contract. He's pretty much uh, done after this season. He might have a mutual option. For next year, I can't remember exactly, but I, I think he's only getting about two and a half mil a year, something like that. And he, yeah, he's 36 years old, but he's having a great season uh, in what is considered uh, a hitter's ballpark in his home field, even though it's a monstrous, monstrous stadium. Uh, he's having a really good season there. So, you know, I think we could uh, I think we could probably pluck him away from Colorado for, uh, uh, you know, a song. But well, uh, I, I mean, I have to imagine. uh that they're trying to uh, get rid of everything that's of value. Although I did uh, say that they were trying to shop a lot of stuff, but the one thing that they weren't trying to get rid of was uh, uh, Herman uh, Marquez, uh, Ger- German, Herman the German. Sure. Yeah, I think that's probably they're, they're where they're going to start building off of as uh, their young stud pitcher. Yeah, well, I mean, he's shown that he can actually pitch in – in Denver. So, I mean, it seems like if you find one that can actually pitch there, that you probably shouldn't get rid of them. Just saying. Uh, right. This just in from uh, Sean Williams. Um, he's a future Sox guy uh, down in Arizona and uh, just uh, posted video of uh, Benjamin Bailey hitting a uh, solo shot in the uh, ACL game down there. So that's nice to see, see him actually, uh, Making ACL. contact God, on baseball. I know it's the worst, isn't it? Like, why would you call anything an ACL? It's like, why don't you just call it the the you know like the uh, the UCL? You know. I, oh. I, <laughs> yeah, I, that's just I, how you know. Yes, stupid. Like you, you have to come up with a better name for for your your training league than the. Leave ACL. it to professional baseball to do something absolutely ridiculous yeah well i mean they already contracted the you know all the rookie leagues so yeah that's equally as stupid right right yeah oh arb three next year somehow really how is he arb three he's like 36 years old am i am i missing something here somebody help me out yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know he says uh, Kendall says hard three somehow. Yeah, somehow is. I mean, there's you got to put a question mark at the end of that because that's uh. All right. Yeah, I'm 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 flummoxed. Yeah, I mean, there, I've seen a couple of those contracts this year where I'm like, wait a second, how's that guy only like arb one? It feels like he's been here forever. But I mean, you know, there are there are some of those guys that feel like they've been, I mean, you know, like Mike Rodolfo, it feels like he's been in the White Sox organization since like 1995, you know? This is true. There are guys like that where you're just like, man, that guy's been there forever. Um, Yeah. So uh, what do you think it like, you know, as we sit here and complain about the offense, you know, P 
people are uh, complaining about a bat. We didn't get uh, Adam Frazier. Uh, the Padres got Adam Frazier. So, Chris Bryant for right field right yeah. now. I mean, I've <laughs> I've heard to be honest Bryant, with you, uh, uh, Baez. I've heard, uh, um, of course, Eduardo Escobar. Um, I actually I saw somebody today suggest that the White Sox trade for Semyon from the Blue what? Jays. Yeah, I I don't know, man. Uh, they were uh... they were trying to say because they're like what they're like six games back in the uh, East. So they were, you know, saying, oh, well, you just have to convince them that they're not. Uh, no, they're not, not going to be sellers. I'm sorry. They're, it, six games is too close to be a seller. Yeah. And especially, it's, you it's know, they're just now getting uh Springer back, you know, like. Right. And it, he's it, actually done a few things since he's come back. So, you know, I mean, he's not the George Springer that everybody expects him to be, but he's not been awful. And, uh, you know, I, I think they fancy themselves still contenders to make the playoffs. Yeah, I don't I see don't how. I don't think they're going to sell. You're not, you're not getting Marcus Semien. I mean, he's been their best player. Other, I mean, like, you know, of course, Vlad Guerrero's hitting home runs all over the place. But realistically, Semien's been, you know, an all-star. So it's just one of those things. That's White Sox fans grasping for straws on a name they recognize because he white he played on the south side for a while. And, you know, and then he has uh, – the best season of his career over in Oakland over there. Uh, you know, and not that he's, he's not having a good season this year, but uh, you know, he's not, I wouldn't call him stellar. And you know, the thing is, is okay. He's a shortstop. And oh, we're going to, you're going to move Moncada back to second base and we'll put semi in a third or we'll put, come on, stop with the Moncada moving to second base. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done hearing that. Well, he's not I'm playing. He's not it. playing right field. Oh, yeah, that too. That's another one. Yeah. You know, come on, people. Let's let's be realistic. We saw what he did at second base. Not only was he not good at second base as a, as an infielder, but he didn't hit. And when he moved to third base, and you know, people are like, "Oh, he's not that good at third either." He's not bad. Well, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, he has been pretty rough uh, the last. He's had weeks. some moments. Yeah, but, uh, he's had I some mean, moments. Realistically, at the beginning of the season, people were talking about him looking like a Gold Glove third baseman. He he was playing really really well for a while, and then he had a, you know, like a a rough what week and a half or something like that where he was throwing the ball all over the place. Yeah, week and a half in a 162 game season, we're ready yeah. to throw the guy under the bus. Yep. You know, he's got a oh, he's he's again, he's got an OPS that's somewhere in a neighborhood of like 815 or 820 or whatever it is, but he he sucks. Oh, he sucks. Get, yeah. get rid of him. Just, just move him. Put him wherever you want cuz he's not good at third base either. So you he's better than Mendick at second. Here's here's ah, what it is. Heard of it. Okay, so Grandal went on the IL. So they had to take their stupid takes from Grandal and find the next closest person that's also a switch hitter because they can't criticize Leuri because Leuri is their guy you know oh, so you, gotta, he's, you know he steps up and he plays everywhere he's a grinder well yeah he does he is so, a grinder yeah he's a, he's a grinder so we're gonna go right. ahead and find the next closest guy that's also having uh, a really really good season and we're gonna start talking badly about him now and so they moved to Mankata and so now we're hearing all sorts of stupid takes about how Mankata's terrible 
and that, uh, you know, he hasn't hit enough home runs. Uh, you know, he should be hitting 35 home runs. Uh, you know, yeah, he's he needs on... he's... Yeah. He's got to have a thousand plus OPS and, you know, zero errors on the entire season because he was sold to us as some kind of, you know, God. Yeah. He should uh, have an 1100 OPS and uh, hit 35 home runs. Oh, basically. So you want him to be Bryce Harper from his MVP year. Gotcha. Cool. Right. Perfect. Right. Yeah. That's why not? You know? Hey, well, you right, know, we can, he we was have number a one overall prospect, like so he should, you know, he should be doing that kind of thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, Aloy, Robert, Madrigal, Vaughn, Bancada, Abreu, Anderson, they're all supposed to be, you know, we're just supposed to have the top eight MVPs because, you know, we're Sox fans, and we were, we were told that this team is going to be just a, just a monster. It's going to be a monster. Well, you know what? When all these guys are performing, it is a monster. But they're not all going to perform at MVP levels all season long. I'm sorry. You know, I, I don't remember a team ever in baseball that had a lineup of eight or nine guys that could do that all season long. Yeah, you I know? will say that there was, uh, you know, at least uh, <laughs> kind of spreading it out a little bit, you know, so one guy would go on a tear for – you know, a couple of weeks, and then somebody else would go on a tear for a couple of weeks. That would be nice instead of uh, everybody hitting it once six times a month. That would be nice, you know? Yeah. You score, you score 80 of your runs in six games in a month, you know, and you score, you know, what, like 120 runs in the month? So you score half your runs in – or three-quarters of your runs in six games out of 25. So our uh, 27 or whatever it is. Yeah, so right. Mankata 809 OPS and a 127 OPS plus. So people are upset about that. People are dumb. That's I mean that's I, essentially what it boils down to is that people are stupid. And uh-huh. uh there's a lot of that going around. A lot of that. That's uh, the Yeah, the uh the yeah, my mouth breather face. Yeah, the uh the hot takes that that I've been seeing over the last two weeks, you know, like I said earlier, like I try not to be like, uh, you know, I try not to get all, you know, crazy and all worked up about this stuff. Um, but no matter how crazy and worked up I get about this stuff, I don't think I could ever say something that stupid. That uh, oh you know and I I just want to say like Sox fans you got to be better than this you got to be better than this yeah that's it see I I did, I did see some some reasonable takes about this whole thing is that this what this is what you get when you get the casuals coming back you know oh, when your game when your when your team starts to sniff some of that uh, you know some of the hardware you know like uh, the silver sluggers and the uh, all-star games and they look like they're going to start uh being one of those franchises that's going to be winning for a little while these people start you know matriculating matriculating back towards the uh towards the team and then you start seeing all sorts of stupid things said on social media and it like you know we've said it before is that uh one of the worst parts about social media is that everybody has a voice and the unfortunate thing is that 
a lot of stupid people listen to some of those people that they shouldn't be listening to and start parroting out things that uh, make absolutely no sense, like Mankata's bad, which is just... The thing dumb. is, it's not, like, it's not like you and I are sitting here saying that everything's, you know, rainbows and butterflies. You know, we, we've pretty much had a bitch fest most of this stream tonight, and we've done that quite often throughout this season. But... <laughs> to have some of these hot takes where none of us are neither of us or anybody else that has talked to us on our streams has said, you know, Grandal sucks. Get rid of him. Moncada sucks. Get rid of him. You know, and the funny thing is, is Jose has been bad. He has not been. Oh yeah. He's got 70 plus RBIs or he's, he's creeping up on 80 RB, whatever it is, you know, and all these things fantastic that's great that's what he does it's what he's been doing since he came into the league but he's doing a lot of it in games where they're already pretty well at hand uh it's the way it's been happening you know, lately but you know yeah uh it's not all sunshine and rainbows but let's not throw some of the better guys on the team under the bus and say you know what we didn't get what we paid for that's garbage that's yeah hot hot garbage well I dumpster mean, fire stuff I mean, also, we got Kopech out of that deal, too. So, Kopech and Mankata for sale? Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, the amount of uh, bad takes. It's just, <laughs> right. uh, it's just been through the roof lately. And I, you know, like, and the thing is, is that I understand why people are getting emotional about it lately. Because oh, there's absolutely. been some, there's been some really, really bad baseball you know like they've just uh you know like that uh that whole thing uh corpse ball they've been kind of doing that on and off for the last month and a half and i i totally get getting aggravated about it oh no, we show yeah. our frustrations here all the time yeah i mean yeah I, you heard me earlier i get frustrated you know like i i watch i'm watching the same thing that these people are watching just the the difference is is that I actually look at numbers before saying, well, I mean, I guess I didn't about a Braves WRC plus being 153, but I usually look at numbers before I say something stupid, you know? <laughs> so, um, you yeah, know, no, we can't I, be right. you can't be right all the time. No. Yeah. I mean, I, and you know, like I said, I usually do look at numbers, but like the thing is, is that I'm not running to Twitter and just making a blanket <laughs> statement about a player saying we should get rid of them without any kind of, uh, like I'm not saying Abreu, we need to get rid of him. I'm not saying he's bad. Absolutely I'm just saying not. he's he hasn't been uh, he hasn't been very consistent. You know, like he's been in and out for you know the last two months. So yeah, well, uh, the better part of the team has been, and uh, yeah. you know, it just seems like I don't know if it starts with one or two Twitter posts from you know some of these uh, some of these these handles that have, uh, you know, thousands of followers because they are just good at hating on whatever, but wherever it starts, it just seems to snowball out of control. And then everybody seems to be jumping on board. Oh my God. My God, blows. Uh, chill the F out. Just, just take a deep breath and just go look at the numbers. Well, I don't need to look at the numbers. I watch the games. 
<laughs> okay, yeah, well, here we go with that's the... That's another one of my favorite ones. Here we go with the eye test, people. Yeah. Uh, I, well, I okay. actually watched watch the, the games. games. <laughs> I actually watched the games. Well, your memory sucks then. You just you you go ahead and stick your face in the stats and all that. I actually watch the games. Do you watch the games? Yeah, I watch the games yeah. and then I formulate as a, many uh, as an possible. educated opinion from looking at the numbers and validating what I'm seeing. Yeah, no. Yeah. And, you know, you would think to some of these guys, well, I watch the games. Do you watch it with the volume off? Because uh, <laughs> Steve and Jason are talking about this stuff all night long, too. Yeah, and it's also just it's also as Kendall says, it's like it's looking at the correct numbers to actually, you know, deduct, you know, from yeah. the numbers and actually formulate a correct, you know, a a well stated argument for this for what is you're not saying. Your father's mobile. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I don't know, man. <sighs> it's these uh these these. I don't mean to go, you know, like uh, start these these complaining fests, but man, yeah. So anyway, we kind of got off the beaten path here, right? It, thinking back now, I I can't believe my memory's working a little bit, but we actually got on this somehow from uh, we were deadline. talking about yeah, we we're talking about trade deadline, and we got into uh, bats, and uh, you know, I made a joke, and that's where we kind of got off the rails. But yeah, uh, it was the Marcus Semyon thing. Somebody trying to Mark trade for Semien. Marcus Semyon on a team that's trying to move up, to the playoffs, yeah. I brought up by uh Bryant and you know the whole bias and the Cubs thing and blah 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 and there we are. So uh let's get back to that and uh you know where are your where's your thought on uh on a bat that should be acquired in the next 4 or 5 days there. I don't know, you know like my whole thinking on the thing is is that I I don't know if I necessarily think that they do need a bat. You know, I mean, in an ideal world, you know, yeah, I'd like, uh, you know, it'd be nice to get somebody that could play at second base every day and use Lowry for what we actually intended for him to do in the first place, which was be a uh, a super utility guy. That would be nice. Um, yeah, he was never meant to start every day. Never. Yeah, no. Well, I mean. Well, rebuild years. See, you know. that's the thing is that, you know, Tony, Tony La Russa – is you know he plays guys every day even though they're supposed to be in that su- super utility role and he's been done that forever you know i mean he did it with the 90s. all sorts of the you know all sorts of the a's and the cardinals guys you know including his uh including his bench coach uh miguel cairo uh you know stan javier and guys like that uh when he was out with the a's uh he keeps his guys you know, prepared, which, you know, is fine. So he'll play a lot. I mean, I don't think he would necessarily get 650 at bats like he's going to. Like that obviously wasn't intended. Yeah. But, uh, you know, like he probably would have gotten 450, you know, he probably would have gotten a good amount of at bats because they would, he would be spelling everybody everywhere. That's yeah. It wouldn't be be 650 at bats at second base. Yeah. It would be 450 spread across the entire field. Right. Yeah. So, oh. yeah, but I mean, um, they have to upgrade at second. Yeah, no, I mean, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, I guess, but like the thing is, is that w- I guess with the, uh, now that the market has been set for, uh, Adam Frazier with a year of control, 
what the Padres gave up for him, the market's kind of got like some sort of a uh, some sort of a calibration point, I guess. There's a little bit. They set a little bit of a precedence there. Yeah, I mean, sort of. But yeah. like the thing is, is that that he was the first one. He was the first one off the board. So now that they know that the White Sox didn't get him, now they're going to want somebody else, and they're going to need that person more than they did yesterday because now Frazier's gone. So there's kind of like this balancing act where, yeah, Frazier may have set the price, <laughs> and uh, they got uh, whatever, Taguchi uh, Gulpa or whatever his name is from uh, the Padres, um, whatever his name is. Um uh, they got like a, him a capital in the in the is that a yeah, capital so, city somewhere on the down south? Yeah, yeah. Gucci Gulp. <laughs> yeah so uh, Taku, like I, I forget what his name is. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, the price was low. I agree, Kendall, that the price was low on Frazier. But the thing is, is that now Frazier's gone. So right, now the means- White Sox can't for- use him as leverage to say, "Oh, well, okay, well, you want too much for this. You want too much for Escobar." So. Now I'm going to go get Frazier. Now you can't say that. So now you say Escobar or Story. Like, I mean, what do you do? You know, I mean, I think that for any of these guys, they're probably still probably going to be asking for like a, a fairly large piece of your farm system. And at this point, the the problem, yeah, no, they all are upgrades. I 100% agree. I'm not disagreeing and saying that any of these guys aren't, upgrades from Laori like every single one of them is absolutely an upgrade cost effective upgrades but yeah exactly is that you know you're getting magical back next year so all these guys are going to be you know like most of these guys are rentals so if they're rentals you don't want to be putting out too much so the price is going to be probably lower than it would be for the Frazier but like at the at this point you know like the the more of these guys that disappear is you know get, more get, that the White Sox right. are bent over a barrel to get if, what they if need. The market thins, the price will actually rise. It doesn't. You would fall. think, yeah. So, I don't know. Um, no, Frazier's not a rental. I'm saying like these other guys are rentals. So, you know, you're you're giving. You don't want to give up too much for a guy that's a rental when, like, the Padres got. You know the the or the uh, the Padres got Frazier for you know their fifth or sixth rank prospect, and at this point, you know, like the guys that are at the top of their list, those guys are really are real guys. These other guys that they're trading away are, you know, guys that are years and years off. So, and that number five guy in their in their system wasn't even a. a- you know, people are making it sound like, oh, he was the number five guy in their system. Yeah, but he wasn't. It wasn't like he was a top hundred or hundred and fifty prospect or anything. Yeah, well, you know? apparently so I, that's who they wanted. So, you know, but he's young. It's there's nothing to say that he might not end up being a top one hundred or one hundred and fifty prospect. But again, you know, uh, the price was considerably lower than a lot of people thought. Uh, there were some of us that. You know, thought some of those. Uh, we saw all kinds of of uh, trade proposals. You know, on Twitter and Facebook that were just absolutely ridiculous. Where you're talking about giving up guys like, well, we're you, we'll give them Kopech, Stever, Kelly, and Madrigal. Uh, yep. Slow down, dude. Yeah, let's yeah. just. 
shovel them all off for Adam Fraser for two years. Well, let's talk about this one because I know that you saw it as well, and I'm sure probably Kendall probably saw it as well. Um, <laughs> I saw a rumor today from one of the uh, one of the food one of the food tweeters that mm. the Mariners were interested in acquiring Nick Madrigal. I did see this. I Number did one, the guy has one and a quarter legs right now. <laughs> like, the guy can't even walk without crutches at this point, probably. Actually, I believe that was uh, leaked by uh, um, not Steve Ciszek, So I believe. why on earth would they trade for Madrigal when they're when they think that they can get to the playoffs? Like wh- what? What? And why, why they- would Sox fans want to buy into this, thinking that it's okay to trade for Nick Madrigal right now when his value is at its absolute lowest because he's broken? Yeah. He's broken. I- he's out. His value is lower than it's ever been. I well, yeah. I just we can get a lot for him. Where where. This, I mean, like, we're talking absolute nonsense. A, the White Sox are not trading Nick Madrigal. B, the Mariners are not trading for Nick Madrigal. Like, there's no scenario on this earth that this makes sense. None. And yet this guy's tweeting, like, if I'm the guy who's doing this – if I if I am the the food tweeter, there is if I even hear this from somebody, there is no shot that I am tweeting that out there because I know that anybody with half a brain is going to go, "Are you stupid?" Huh? You know, like what what are you talking about? There's no way that this. There's no way. And I mean, I granted that's what I said about Tony La Russa, but this time I mean it. You know, I mean, like, yeah. You know, we haven't been we we haven't been wrong about a lot of things, but you know, we, we've had some misses. But that is just, uh, again, I'm gonna give you my mouth breather face. Yeah. <sighs> There it is. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, you it's know, I just, yeah, <laughs> these these people, you know, it's just I don't. Sometimes I just wonder, like, what's what is the process in thinking that gets them to the point where they tweet these things or say these things, and I just I I can't get myself to the point where I just suspend all reality to the point where I actually think that some of that stuff is, is true. You know, I just, uh, yeah. Mitch Haneker. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. The Mariners are going to trade Mitch Haneker. Sure. Why not? We'll give him burger. We'll give him sheets. We'll give him Stever. We'll give him Dahlquist. We'll give him Thompson. For Mitch Haneker. Just going to look this up here really quick because I'm pretty sure I know the answer. And, uh, But I'm just I'm gonna bring it up just so I can um before I say anything, I wanna look it up. 
I see we've learned from our Abreu missed up. <laughs> okay, so the Mariners, who are trying to pass up the A's and uh, get into a wild card spot in the AL West, and think that they have a, a fairly decent shot at possibly doing that, are going to trade their outfielder with 25 home runs and 62 RBIs for Nick Madrigal, who can't walk. What are you talking about? And I mean, you know, like in, in the in the thing that was, you know, the the uh, the foodie tweet, you know, originally didn't say that it was Hanniger for Madrigal, but I mean, just basing this off of all the other nonsense that I've heard, uh, that I assume that that's probably what what they're saying that Hanniger is going to cost. But what do you like? It's n- no. There's no shot that that's actually happening. It's just is ridiculous, man. So, all right, back to reality. So we have uh, got a what? Uh, is it two more? Is it three more? How many more games we got against these these uh, barbecue guys down here? Um, two more, I believe. I think it's a three-game set. No, no, it's a four-game. Yeah, we got four oh, more. Of course it is. Three, see, that's three, uh, three more. See, yeah, see, that's why we got to look at the numbers. Yeah, I just, and, you know, Kendall called me out for firing those shots at you when, oh, it backfired. You know. Yeah, well, I'm the butt of my own joke. Yeah, so we got uh, three more against Kansas City, and then we got three against Cleveland. Day off, three against Kansas City, and then uh, over to the. Uh, and then the the North Siders. So, yeah, I will and at be that at, point. Uh, uh, I'm assuming that the Cubs are going to look a lot different. Oh, when we see um, pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I th- if they don't if they don't start the fire sale now, like uh, you got to question what the hell is going on over there because yeah, they're playing some pretty bad baseball over there. Yeah, it's uh, it's been real bad. And I mean, you got to imagine that uh, dynasty, dynasty. Yeah, <laughs> I was promised a dynasty. Where is my dynasty? Uh, it's a Dodge Dynasty, sir. It's parked over. Uh, it's parked over on the third floor. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's got a really nice diamond hood ornament. You'll like it a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, Anthony Rizzo probably gone. Bryant probably gone. Um, Baez probably gone. I you know, I kind of have think- to think that it that Baez is gone as well. But they, uh, they like to put his face all over billboards up there on the north side. But uh, you know, why hold on to him if you're gonna do this thing? You got to do it all the way, right? Well, I mean, are you really signing a guy that's batting two thirty five with like a you know like a three hundred OBP and uh, not even three hundred OBP and um, He's a fan favorite, you know. You yeah, gotta keep the, you gotta keep those tickets sold. I mean, I'm just saying. You gotta cares? win that attendance trophy over there. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, I mean, I don't know. To me, it like I I don't I don't see you know he uh, what did he uh, what did he turn down? He turned down some some ridiculous number at some point. I want to say, 
I know that uh, Bryant says that he didn't get offered a big contract, but the Cubs said that they did. So, I, I mean, I'm more inclined to believe Bryant. But, well, you uh, would think, unless he overvalues himself, especially after a couple of down years with some injuries. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, he said that, uh, like, they said that they are uh, somewhere it came out that he got offered something in, in the area of $200 million, and he said, no, I didn't. So, I don't know. I'm just saying I'm more I, – I find it more plausible that he would tell the truth than uh, than that franchise. I don't know. I'm just – I don't know. Um, he's, oh. If he's asking for 300 mil, I can't see anybody giving it to him, especially – I mean, yeah, he's having a much better season this year, but – I mean, good God, the last couple of years, he hasn't been able to stay healthy and his numbers yeah, are way no. down. And, you know, uh, I think there's a lot of people that believe he was the uh, biggest um, part of the fall of that dynasty, you know, after 2016 when the, the Cubs thought they were just going to win World Series after World Series after World Series. And, you know, Chris Bryant didn't perform for a couple of years. So he can ask for 300 all he wants. I... uh really don't think he's going to get that anywhere. Yeah, no. Um speaking of uh <clears throat> speaking of people that uh we don't mind seeing fail. Um the Twins reportedly offered Byron Buxton 80 million dollars. Uh Didn't he to, be laid up a lot this extension? Year? Yeah, no, he's yeah, he's been injured. I think he's injured now. And they tried yeah. to lock, or or maybe more, maybe it was, I don't, I haven't seen he's, if he's back yet, but they they no, did he's, try he's and, still out because he's he's still on my uh, he's still on my bench on my fantasy team. Uh, they tried as offering well as like him my eighty million dollars. I don't know for how many years. Um, but uh, he he turned it down. So now there's talks of the twins getting rid of him as well. So, I mean, you, how do you trade twins, a guy that's been injured half the season, though? Not only that, but I mean, you've been waiting for this guy. It, it's it's exactly like Mike Rodolfo for crying out loud. I mean, it's like you you've had this guy and he's got all the tools, and he finally showed you this year that he is capable of playing at that level. I mean, we we made fun of the Twins for years now because he would come out and fall flat on his face and hit two twenty five. And, and now wasn't he's, he that was it 2015 he drafted him? Something like that, yeah. And he was 2015. Yeah, and he, he came out what like 2018 or something, and he was hitting like 220 or 215 or something. It was bad. And we made fun of him for that. And then uh this year he finally starts to uh sh show that uh that maturity to show that he's finally ready to start playing. And now they're talking about trading him because he won't accept eighty million dollars for probably like five or six years or something. You know. Meanwhile, that's you know, you know, that's what uh, what would Robert get like sixty or something like that. Sixty. Yeah, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it's you know like, uh, you know, and that was coming like he hadn't played at all. Yet. A day in his life, yeah. Well, yeah. I shouldn't say that, but he, he didn't play for the major league club yet. Yeah. So there's that. 
And then uh, tonight, uh, Taylor Rogers, their closer, uh, just left with a finger sprain. So that's probably another. That was one of the things that they were talking about uh, putting out on the trade market. And now they're not going to be able to get rid of him. So I don't know. You hate to it's see it. Gonna be, I do believe that this trade deadline, there's going to be a flurry, a flurry of moves. Uh, we might see, you know, Friday might be ridiculous. Because I believe it's Friday. Was it 4 o'clock, 3 o'clock is the deadline? Three I think o'clock. it's 3, three o'clock, o'clock Central, yeah. Or is it 3 o'clock okay. Eastern? I think it's yeah, 3 o'clock I don't Eastern. Remember. Maybe it's 4 o'clock Maybe. Eastern, 3 o'clock Central. Right. Yeah, whatever it is. I, I just have a feeling that uh, Thursday and Friday are going to be days to watch. I think there's going to be a ton of moves. I think it's, it's going to be more active this year than it has probably the last five or six years. Uh, just because of the sheer amount of injuries across the league. And uh, there are a lot of, there's a lot of teams, you know, they like I said earlier in the, yeah. And well that, and there's a lot of teams that, you know, like I said, the, the, the white Sox are one of a very few teams that have commanding leads in their division. So there's a lot of teams that think they can still contend for that uh, playoff position, whether it be, you know, winning a division or pulling a wild card spot. There's just, there's a handful of teams that are bunched up there in the middle that are, are looking to make that push. So I think there's going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of hands change and, and, you know, there's going to be some deals made. There will be a lot of hands changed. <laughs> a lot of, you, you know what I mean? You know what no, I mean? There's going to be I totally guys know change. what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah, this <laughs> is, I, I, I agree with you. I think there's going to be a, there's going to be quite a bit of that, uh, a, a quite a bit of moving around. Um, I just, as far as the White Sox go, like I, I would love to see them do something. The problem is, is I don't know that they're willing to give up the players that are going to be asked for. You uh, know? I, I so, think I'm I'm with Kendall on this one. I think Escobar can be had for uh, a cheap enough price to where it's not going to put us in uh some sort of position where we're going, damn, they blew up the farm for this guy. You know what I no, mean? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think he could be, in my opinion, I think this has got to be your target for, you know, a second baseman with a bat who's hitting pretty good this season and is going to be better than Leori or Mendick. And, uh, you know, we'll fix a hole in your lineup. Uh, I would like to see a right fielder in that mix, but honestly, you know, it's got to start with the, I think it has to start bullpens. Number one, especially after some of the performances we've seen, you know, we thought we were going to have one of the top, if not the top bullpen at the start of the season. It hasn't worked out that way. Um, There's a couple of guys out there. Bard was one of them that I mentioned. Uh, We talked about Chafin and then there was the other guy from the Cubs. uh, What's his name? Uh, Craig Krimble. No, not Kimbrell. The other guy. Uh, uh, It's like it's a para. Thank you. Uh, You know, Guys like that, you know, obviously Rodriguez is going to be the big talk uh, of the whole, you know, when you're talking about looking for that that prime uh, reliever who can actually, you know, even maybe start for you once in a while. Um, I think that, you know, I think the Sox got to look for some of these guys. I think, yeah, I, I don't think that I think that they'll be able to get a bat. Uh, the thing that worries me is the, the cost of bullpen. Like, what's it going to cost you to get a good bullpen pitcher? Because usually, like, 
we've seen in the last few years that the the bullpen is what's you know those guys will command some you know if you've got a really good bullpen pitcher that's what's going to get you quite a few prospects going into these uh, playoffs because teams always need those you know dominant bullpen pitchers going into the playoffs that's one thing that no team can ever have enough of is good you know good pitching and no i agree and that's kind of why i've been leaning towards uh baird bard whatever his name is however you say it uh you know again he's 36 years old uh and he's on a team-friendly contract now that team-friendly contract might say uh, you know because he is owed such little money that maybe it's going to cost you a little bit more to get him because you know oh you want this guy he's not going to come that cheap but again you know 36 years old mostly solid throughout his career uh but i think he can be had for you know a reasonable price and I think that's kind of where my focus is on him right now. As far as, you know, going after somebody for the bullpen, I'd like to see two arms maybe come to the bullpen uh, just to have that little bit of peace of mind so that, you know, if we keep having these stumbles, you know, it would be nice to have uh, somebody to go to, you know, whether it be, you know, if we got to shuffle a couple of our guys down to the minors and, you know, maybe they find something and they come back later on in the season. I don't know. It's just nice to know that you're, there's some there's guys that you can put in and out of that mix. So that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, I think second base is right behind the uh, bullpen. And then, you know, lastly, if, if you can get a, a right fielder for a song, you know, I don't see any issue with that. But again, with Robert coming back soon, I'm not sure you really need that outfielder. You know, uh, I think Adam Engel has shown us over the last couple of years that he can be an everyday player. You know, I know we can talk about splits all day, but uh, he's, he's, he's raised his game each and every year. And uh, yeah, he has his moments where he falls off too, but you know, I would be totally fine if it was, you know, an outfield of Vaughn, Robert and angle nearly every day. Kendall, are you looking at my phone? Cause that's literally who I was just going to bring up. Uh, Brad hand. 1.18 whip this year. Um, got a lot of appearances. He's been in half of the games for the Nats. He's got 40 appearances, um, you know, so a little bit under half, but still pretty close to that. 3.67 ERA, uh, 41 innings, 41 strikeouts, so he's averaging, you know, nine strikeouts. Uh, that's not a bad one. Um, I don't know if you heard today, but uh, the Nats – are being looked at as sellers now, you know, like a couple days, at, you know, before the trade deadline. Apparently, they changed their minds now. Uh, but uh, apparently, there is this talk. This is what they do every season. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> apparently, there's. Yeah, no, no they do. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but I mean, they won the. I mean, they just won the World Series two years ago. I mean, you know, I mean, like, anyway, but uh, there is talk that uh, Trey Turner is available. So. Uh, I'd like to see him at second base much more than I'd like to see anybody else that is anywhere out there. I would love to see Trey Turner on the White Sox, but, uh, you know, that's going to cost a lot to get that. I was going to say, so, that's what we're, are we being cost effective there? No, I, I mean, no, but, uh, you know, it's, it's Trey Turner, you know what I mean? Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Uh, it's, it's a big name and a big bat and a, a great defensive Second baseman, you know, a guy that I would definitely love to see in the south side, but what is it going to take to get him? Yeah, I don't know. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. That's uh, I don't know, but it's, hey man. I keep hearing from the foods, on on the tweets, that uh, the White Sox have something big in mind, and it's they're you know like they're not uh, you know. Well, let's just remember around. that L's that L's guy is cheesy. He's not just beefy; he's cheesy. So uh, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Yeah, just saying. I, mean, I this is what this is what White Sox Twitter has been reduced to getting rumors from a hamburger and a Italian beef on Twitter. This is this is what we're doing. And a and a yeah, and a Kennedy would not, be right. not form a picture. Yeah. I mean, you know, like I, I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah. And then a guy who's got a parody account called Not Steve Ceshek. Huh? I met Steve. He was a really nice guy. But uh I don't understand. Why not Steve <laughs> Why it's not Steve Ciszek. Like, why? Well, you know what? That's pretty much what I said about most of the season last year. Every time he came in, I went, oh, not Steve Ciszek. Yeah. Oh, oh, man. Uh, Poor Steve. Oh. He's a really nice guy. Hey, nice guy. But uh, let's be honest. He had some struggles last season. And Ricky yeah. Renneria just seemed to be in love with some Steve Ciszek. Well, you know, it's kind of one of those things. He was supposed to be one of those guys that he could use at a you know high usage rate. And uh, unfortunately... Uh, he was poop. Yeah, yeah, he can be used at a high usage rate. He can yeah, also that's what give Madden up did with runs. Him. He can give up runs at a at a high rate too. Yeah, like Madden used him like uh, eighty games two years in a row or something like that. I think Madden broke him actually because before that he was a decent pitcher. Yeah. No. He, yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. So uh, we're on that eleven oh five hour. Uh, yes, sir. So I think it's about time to uh, call it. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we got an interesting couple of days coming up. Um, I, you know, if something, if something happens to pop up, uh, a big, uh, trade or, you know, an interesting trade, at least, um, get on here and yap maybe about we'll it for a little on. while. What's that? Yeah. I see. Yeah, maybe we'll jump on. We'll do a little, uh, impromptu, uh, unscheduled White Sox daily live. I'd be interested in that. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I would say, you know, if the uh, if the White Sox had retained uh, Adam Eaton until right now, we could have traded him back to the Nationals for Trey Turner. That would have been kind of fun. Oh, just, just too much How about talent. This? We'll trade John Ronaldo Lopez and Adam Eaton for Trey Turner. And then we give them back two of their guys, and they give us one of theirs. It'll work out perfect. I love it. So... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm in. I'm in. You're yeah? all right. Cool. I mean, yeah. Unfortunately, we don't have. Uh, yeah. No. We don't have one of those guys to give him. Yeah, he's on the Angels then, now. Um, I saw him go. Uh, I think in his first game, I saw him play. I think he was like 0 for four or something. Yeah. He was Angels making four. that uh, that big push to get Mike Trout into the playoffs. Yeah, I was I was kind of baffled by that one, but you know whatever. And you know, like the thing is, is, he's such a good clubhouse presence that I could understand why they brought him in. Anyway, um, oh, yeah, uh, you slay me. <laughs> White Sox Daily Live uh, at Daily White Sox on Twitter, um, WhiteSoxDaily dot com. Um, also on uh, White Sox Daily on Facebook. Uh, you can find this in podcast form uh, in all places that you find podcasts. Um, 
can find uh, both of us on Twitter at uh, I Eskridge, E-S-K-R-I-D-G, and at Danny Miller WSP on Twitter. And uh, I don't know. Drop us a line. Say hello. Uh, go to at uh, Daily White Sox on Twitter. Uh, follow us. See all sorts of good minor league information. And uh, lots of minor league video. Lots of minor league video. Uh, thanks for listening and uh, thanks for watching. Hang out in the chat. All right. And uh, we'll catch up with you guys, uh, hopefully, if there's a big trade uh, within the next few days. If not, we'll catch you guys on Monday. And uh, thanks for tuning in. Appreciate it. Night.